A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tools. Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the final Aegon Championships tennis podcast of this year's tournament at the Queen's Club. Andy Murray caps a brilliant week by winning his record-breaking fifth Queen's singles title. Many you know, great players have played here over the years and won four times, so you know, to be the first to five is, yeah, I mean, means a lot. On tonight's podcast, you'll hear from British number one Andy Murray, number one coach Ivan Lendl, and number one in the charts, Rick Astley. Bit, bit of a worry at the very beginning, to be honest, but uh, he doesn't like to do it easy. I'm Catherine Ritiker, and for the final time this week, I'm joined by Gigi Salmon. I'm also joined, I'm delighted to say tonight, by the tournament director, Stephen Farrow. Stephen, how about that for a finals day? You've got to be pleased, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it's the final that we dreamed of, to be honest. And after the week that we've had and sort of the difficulties we had with the weather early in the week, if, I mean, to have Murray against Vranich in the final, for it to go to three sets, it was just brilliant. Talk me through how difficult the week has been weather-wise. Obviously, everything within your control has gone brilliantly, but the weather, sadly, is not within anyone's control, and it has been tough at times, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, as of 5 o'clock on Tuesday, we had we completed one singles match, um, so I think we were starting to get a little bit concerned, but then suddenly the rain went away. Uh, we had put on a load of matches that night on Tuesday night, and I'm like, bed in a one on court nine against Pear at, I think, 8.47 or something like that. So some of the players weren't perhaps as happy as they might have been about playing at that time but we got through a lot of matches and then somehow on Thursday and Friday when the weather forecast looked like a disaster the Queen's Cup was a sort of an island of calm amidst a sort of sea of rain and thunder and we managed to get through the matches and everyone had a great time so we're relieved. Yeah so many positives during the week not least having all these legends in town that fabulous presentation on court on Friday and just having these guys around is so special isn't it? It is. It is. It is really special. I remember when, when Boris came on site on Friday and I walked through the doors just behind me towards the player lounge with him and he just bumped into Lendl and McEnroe and all three of them just sort of started having a chat and I was just standing there just going, this is, this is unbelievable. And to have those guys then on court was, was really special and actually the sun shone probably for the first time in the week literally as they walked out on court and the photos we got were, were, were great and they all had such a great time. They all felt very honoured to do it and you know I remember Catherine seeing you speak to McEnroe clutching the trophy down in the player lounge and they were excited and it was special for us as well he was hanging on for that to that for dear life it really meant something to him that in fact as we were walking to that interview he said this trophy is actually really good you'd be surprised how some of the replicas aren't that particularly good replicas but he was really chuffed with that trophy well that's great and we're very very pleased about that and obviously having Roy Emerson here as well was really really special but now we've got a five-time champion so we have to work out how we're going to mark that which is um equally exciting it's incredible, isn't it, five-time champion Andy Murray? It certainly is. And Stephen, I like the way you're holding the Queen's Club story through the ages. That might now have to change with Andy Murray being a five-time champion here. Absolutely. Will, will we need a new book? 
I think we do need a new book. In fact, this book is only until 1986. There's quite a lot to catch up on. But the reason I'm clutching it is because our tournament referee, Jim Moore, who has been tournament referee for 39 consecutive years, he features in this book. And last year I promised to give him a copy of it. So I have one, which I bought on Amazon, and I'm going to take it up to him now. Just as it goes out of date, because we now need a new book, with Andy Murray literally rewriting history, or writing history, rather. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But but anyway, I'm happy to give it to him. He he is mentioned on several occasions. There's a few stories about Jimmy, not least with Mackin, when McEnroe described him as a bump on a log um, during some heated exchange back in the 80s and it apparently was reported on the back page of The Sun that McEnroe called him a bum. So it was particularly satisfying to have Jim out there presenting the trophy to McEnroe when we did that presentation the other day. I think they really enjoyed it. And they gave each other a hug, so they obviously get on now. He's just one of so many people that just have such a history that's deeply intertwined with this club. It's amazing, isn't it? Just personally for you... Does thinking about the 2017 tournament, does it start from tomorrow or do you allow yourself a few days just to enjoy what's happened this week? Well, we have sort of already started, actually. I mean, we start thinking about it so far in advance. Um, but, but yeah, I think tomorrow I'll pop in here. Tuesday I'll just sit in a darkened room and try and recover from what's been a pretty epic week. Um, but, um, and then probably try and do as little as possible during Wimbledon and then really start planning in earnest. Why not? Well, enjoy doing as little as possible and congratulations on a fantastic tournament, Stephen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right. Well, Gigi, we'll let Stephen get off to do his tournament director thing because there's still plenty to do and we can reflect on, well, as I said to Stephen, a truly sensational final. So many talking points. But, of course, first and foremost, Andy Murray making history, becoming a five-time champion here, elevating himself above some of the most illustrious names in the sport, John McEnroe, Roy Emerson, all the guys we saw on the court on Friday. It's incredible, isn't it? And when he was a set and love three down, we didn't think that was going to happen. We were starting to think, is Milos Raonic in his first grass court final going to lift this prestigious trophy? But Andy Murray, he hadn't been behind in any of his matches this week. He had a couple of three setters, but had always taken that first set. So it was interesting to see how he coped with being in a situation where he had to come from behind. It was high-quality tennis all round. Big serving, as you'd expect. Some of the ground stroke. Raonic coming in again and again to the net. Murray defending for his life. Both players being aggressive. And then... As you said, Andy Murray lifts his fifth Queen's Club title. It started for him here as a teenager and now going into Wimbledon with Ivan Lendl, it is the perfect preparation. Yeah, so much to talk about on the Andy Murray front, the Ivan Lendl front. I think we'll just have a little chat about Milos Raonic first, though. I mean, he's nailed himself on surely now as a contender for Wimbledon with his performances here this week. They've been fantastic. I mean, today was the first time he had his serve broken. He had only seven break points on his serve coming into this final, which is phenomenal. He's a little bit more confidence about himself coming forward. People talking about getting finesse and getting a little bit more touch. And I asked the question to a number of people, coaches, journalists, can that be taught? And they said it really will help having John McEnroe there, if only to give him that confidence, because he's a very good player at forgetting the point before and just getting on with things. Despite today, you just saw the lights just dim a little bit when Andy Murray broke back-to-back consecutive games on the Raonic serve and went ahead but Milos Raonic so many positives to take out as I mentioned it was his first grass court final he had the shoulders back he had the head up he's got John McEnroe in his box he's got a fantastic team around him 
He was always a threat at Wimbledon because of the kind of player he is, but now he's got the confidence and now he's got the belief. You have to put him in the mix for the title. For me, there was a real intent to his game. Yes, not all of those approaches to the net paid off. Yes, you know, he wasn't making those difficult volleys every time, but you have to practice playing that way in order to be able to do it on the biggest stage. And the intent was so clear. It was get up to the net. And perhaps that's exactly what we would have expected from somebody under the tutelage of John McEnroe. I mean, he loves to see people up at the net. Milos Ranić's game is ideally suited to that. I mean... Maybe it was just the most obvious thing in the world to see him doing that. And yes, okay, he could have executed better at times today, but the intent is very clear to see, I think. It was a really promising performance from Milos Raonic this week. And obviously there's the disappointment and issue. But look, he was up against the world number two and Andy Murray is the world number two for a reason. He's the four-time champion here and the former Wimbledon champion for a reason. He won the Olympic medal on grass. The guy knows how to play on the surface. And Andy Murray said he felt comfortable for the first time on this surface in that semi-final. Milos Raonic did what Milos Raonic does. Andy Murray was just able to figure him out and break the serve. And Milos Raonic just wasn't able to counter that. But with John Macaroni initially for five weeks he made it clear it's not just about grass McEnroe is not here just to help him on the grass he would like it to continue John McEnroe is a very busy guy but I really think this partnership and Carlos Moyes there as well I think it's a really good partnership with um, Milos Radic you can already see he's taking things from it I'm sure I did see a couple of smiles during this tournament maybe not out there today just a little bit about how he was walking around the court and as you mentioned coming forward again and again and again and John McEnroe would just be pleased that okay he came forward didn't work out he came forward again he wants to see him trying he wants to see him have that belief and that confidence and the aggressive side to his game so when the dust settles I think he'll be very happy it's only his second appearance Queen's Club quarterfinal last year I think he'll be very happy with his week's work I believe you when you say you've seen some smiles from Milos Raonic, actually. I think we've seen loads of signs from Raonic that he's just settling into this relationship, really feeling okay and being himself and expressing himself. There was a glorious little moment that was caught on camera. I think it was caught on the TV cameras and people at home will have seen this if you were watching the final when Milos Raonic was introduced to the mascot um, who escorted him onto the court before before that happened. They were introduced in the locker room. He's a, a, a little boy called Cameron suffering from cancer, being treated at the Royal Marsden Hospital, which is the partner charity of this tournament. And just before they went on court, when Milos Raonic's name was introduced and there was a roar from the crowd, you saw Raonic say, Cameron, you go ahead, the crowd are cheering for you. And that was just the most glorious little moment and it was completely natural and it's just one of many this week for Milos Ranić when we've seen the, a glimpse into a very likeable and interesting man I think. He's a shy guy. He's not a natural in front of the cameras. We get to see a little bit more about him because we sometimes do one-on-one interviews and you can ask him questions and, and get to know the person behind the man that you see out on court. But that wonderful moment, as you say, with Cameron. And then in the speech he gave to Sue Barker again on tele- television, the first thing he spoke about was Happy Father's Day to Andy Murray. And I hope it's more special being a first Father's Day than it is winning this title. And that was, again, a nice touch and it gives people an insight. And the fact that he's teamed up with John Macker, I think a few people will be thinking well hang on if John McEnroe wants to work with him and sees him as a good guy maybe there is another side to Milos Raonic he's never going to be John McEnroe he's never going to be a gregarious personality because that is just not him but I will stand by those words that a woman uttered this week wouldn't you be proud of him if he was your son I would I would I agree with her I, th- I think I think he's really really shone this week Milos Raonic I think both the finalists have, have but it, he's been a bit of a revelation um, to my mind 
What do he and McEnroe do now? Is it just more of the same? Do they just hit the practice court and practice and practice those tactics, that way of playing that he showed today? Or do you think they'll be working on some more technical things? McEnroe seems to be saying it's not about the technical side. Raonic saying they have worked on a couple of technical things. I mean, do you think they'll be working extremely hard this week? Or do you think it'll be just him saying more of the same, Milos, more of the same? Well, Ranich is the one that said he can't get McEnroe off the practice court and he wants to have a break. And John McEnroe's like, can we just keep playing? No, we can't, John. I need to rest. I think what he has given him and what we've seen is a little bit of belief, a little bit of confidence. They talk about art galleries. They don't just talk about tennis. We heard from Andy Murray in his press conference and, and he was saying to the assorted media that he's planned next week and in it he's got a couple of days off. Now, Milos Ranich is travelling with his girlfriend over here. He likes going to art galleries, likes doing bits and pieces, probably sense if he does have a little bit of downtime because it's been quite an intense week. In terms of what they're doing, I think it would just be more of the same because we saw him coming. He was serving and volleying. He was trying to volley as a returner serve on, on one occasion, which was quite bizarre. He was doing things... Was it a sabre? Well, we discussed that up in the commentary box. We weren't quite sure. Was it just a mistake? And he got so excited, he just wanted to run to the net. But these are all positive signs for John Macaro. And I think, as you touched on, it will be a similar case of, of more on the same. Look, it, it got him to the final here. He was facing the world number two and he was beaten by the better man on the day but loads of positives for them to work on going into Wimbledon so I think yeah, more hard work to come especially if this relationship is just for this short period of time but I also think it would be good maybe just to have a little bit of time off I'm not sure McEnroe does time off though we'll see Raonic we'll see well Andy Murray though was the champion today Raonic came so close didn't he led by a set and a break but Andy Murray the deserving five-time champion here at the Aegon Championships and we can hear from him when I was able to to get the return back to a decent length or get a a good hit on it um, you know I was able to do a bit more damage in the rallies but you know the beginning of the match when he's serving extremely well and you're not quite reading it and you know, returns are dropping a bit short. He's obviously a big, strong guy. You know, finishes off well at the net, and um, you know, it was very, very tough. Would you say this is some of the best tennis you've you've ever played this stage of your career? Um, I don't know. It's, it's always difficult to compare. I know right now I'm obviously playing at a good level. Most of the tournaments I've played, I've you know, I've got to the. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking. And I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. 
Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. The latter stages and the consistency of is something I've been, you know, very happy with the last few months. So, you know, I need to need to keep that up now. The next uh, week or so, get some good uh, good rest in, but also, you know, some good practice. Keep working on some things so that I'm I'm ready to go for Wimbledon. And a word on five titles here, an historic day for British tennis, but a very special day for you as well. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah very special. I mean, many you know great players have played here over the years and won four times so you know to be the first to, to do five is yeah, I mean means a lot and you know one of them was watching here today John McEnroe was on the side of the court too um, you know watching and um, yeah means means a lot to me it's a tournament that where I won my first ever ATP match so for it now to be well, by far my most successful event um, you know it means a lot and on Father's Day too a special day for for all your family yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I got to see my daughter for about half an hour this morning before I came in here. So, hopefully, um, we get to see her uh, now. She came in to not to watch, but she was she was there in the, the player line somewhere. So, um, yeah. I'll try and try and get to spend a bit of time with her before she goes to bed. So Andy Murray there, who has written himself into the history books of this tournament by winning it for a fifth time, elevating himself above Andy Roddick, Leighton Hewitt, Boris Becker. He has his own special place in history here at this tournament. We will talk about all the positives therein in a moment, Gigi. But let's talk first about the fact that he found himself a set and three love down. Why was that? What was he doing wrong? And, well, we'll talk about how he turned it around in a moment. But why was he in that position? And just to say that he's got way more Queen's Club titles than his coach, Ivan Lendl, who just managed two lifts of this trophy. Andy Murray now. Pathetic. Well, I'd still say that's pretty impressive, to be fair. Even getting in the draw is pretty impressive. But five titles, there is no comparison. So that's something they will not, they will not be having a Queen's trophy off. In terms of this match, it was going to be the toughest test for Andy Murray. We saw him against Nicola Mahoney Cote with the dangers. He was getting his footing right on this surface. He then said against Chilich, that's the first time he felt comfortable out here. Milos Stranich came into this with so much confidence. He hadn't had his serve broken. He'd only faced seven break points. This was a man on a roll, ignoring the coaches that are sitting in the box. So when we got to the latter stages of the first set, I think we were just impressed by the standard of the tennis. Andrew Mario was trying to get a read on the serve, and he said afterwards, look, it's really tough when a guy like that serves as well as he did. And a question, interesting one, asked in his press conference, of they felt that Andy Murray's needed a little bit of a crisis to give himself a kick to turn things around. He countered it with, well, I'm not sure a crisis, because that was the first set I've lost all week. But you know what he meant, because there has been, should we call it lapses in concentration, when, he, when he's dropped a break or he's dropped a set, and he's had to almost give himself a kick and turn things around. Well, I know exactly what he meant, because he He's been doing it all the time. He's almost becoming a specialist in the comeback. He's putting himself in these situations where you think he's completely down and out. You know, I think I first saw it this year in, in Monte Carlo. Where he did it throughout his first two matches against Herbert and then against Benoit Paire. Saw it in, uh, in Madrid against Radek Stepanek. We saw it twice in Paris, Stepanek and Borg. And then we've seen it here today. He's not doing it in every match, but it is. he's putting himself in that position more so than any other top player. And it's it's incredibly impressive how he fights back. I mean, it's bizarre that he gets himself into those situations more often, but maybe he's just showing us all <laughs> what he's made of because 
It was extraordinary the way he turned it around today. He found a way through as well. He learned to deal with the Raonic serve. He is the better player. The rankings will tell you he's the better player. He's got more experience, especially on this surface. But he was able to figure out Raonic and, and what to do and, and how to break him. And he didn't let him come forward as much as Raonic would have wanted to come forward. The way he was playing, the aggressive style of, of Murray, we've talked about coming back together with Lendl, he's being a little bit more aggressive. The forehand is already looking a lot better, as it did under Lendl the first time around. But he wasn't allowing Milos Raonic the chance to approach the net which is what Raonic wanted to do to shorten the points and finish things off so tactically he's so astute he got himself out of the hole because he managed to figure it out turn things around break the spirit of his opponent close it out and be a five-time champion did the crowd play a part today for you in the Andy Murray fight back yeah they would have done I mean there was great appreciation for Milos Raonic from the off and I was alongside, I think it was Simon Briggs in the Telegraph, and he said, I don't think I've ever heard such a rowdy Queen's crowd in the final. And I think he was right. They were getting into it because they were witnessing, and they knew they were witnessing, some top-class tennis. It was extraordinary. I mean, everybody left the tournament today, left the Queen's Club feeling like they'd seen just the most fantastic final. I don't think anybody could have wished for much more. The sun was shining for most of it. As we record this podcast up in the tournament director's balcony, overlooking the now-covered centre court, the rain is tumbling down and it feels a rather fitting way to end our week. But I promise you, there was sun throughout most of that tennis match. We are being shielded uh, by a gallant helper in Dave who is standing there with an umbrella keeping us dry and keeping the rain away from us, Catherine. So we should say th- thank you very much for the umbrella holding. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. He is a friend of the podcast. So, um, Well, we had the opportunity to catch up with the number one coach. Well... I'm sure he'd like to be referred to as a number one coach. I'm sure Boris Becker would have a thing or two to potentially say about that. But uh, here at the Queen's Club this week, he has come out as the number one coach. Here is Ivan Lendl. Well, I think they were both very good. And uh, obviously uh, Milos played really well and then turned it around and uh, then uh, got into a really good groove and uh, started returning incredibly well. It was was, uh, nice to watch. And what was it that turned it around for Andy? Was it something mentally that flicked? Did he change his tactics? Uh, I don't think he really changed his tactics. I think he just started seeing Milos's serve a bit better and returning a bit better. Just a quick word on Milos, who's obviously working with John McEnroe. You said you were very impressed with how he played today. You're impressed with how he's playing in general, what John's bringing to his game? Well, I don't know what they're working on, so I shouldn't really comment on that, but he played very well today and uh, he had a good tournament. He hasn't lost his serve uh, for four matches until today. Seeing you around here at the Queen's Club, it, it's just like old times. Is that how it feels? Is it like putting an old pair of shoes on again? Well, they actually changed the lockers since I played here. But, uh, uh, yeah, it's nice to be back at the Queen's Club and uh, I have nice memories here as well. And we spoke to Boris Becker a couple of days ago. He described you and Andy as a natural fit. Is that how it feels to you? Yeah, it felt like uh, we never parted ways and, uh, and uh, we understand each other quite well. So, yeah, something like that. Next week is the, the preparation week and uh, we need to work on certain things for Wimbledon and uh, hopefully the weather will uh, give us a chance to do that. Ivan Lendl there, not easily drawn in an interview. He's very much the same when talking to the media as he is when you see him by the side of the court watching his charge, Andy Murray. He doesn't like to give too much away, but hey, you can't knock it. Because it seems to be working, doesn't it, Gigi? He'd be a superb poker player, wouldn't he? I mean, he wasn't there for the presentation ceremony. Andy Murray said he needed the toilet, he found out afterwards. And that was that, where John McEnroe was almost doing like a sort of workout, sort of squat video, up and down, up and down. But Lendl, nothing. He must have really needed the toilet.
He must have done. I mean, at such a time, maybe he's thought, well, I've seen, I've seen Murray win a trophy before, so off I go. Maybe he wanted to get there before the queues. You know what happens at the end of a match? There are queues to the toilet a mile long, so he probably wanted to beat those. Well, I had to fight through those queues of people after the tennis match because I secured, secured a very big interview. We're always trying to bring you the big names here on the tennis podcast, and we're about to do so today because we caught up with the man who is number one currently in the album charts. Is it Coldplay? Is it Paul McCartney? Is it Tom O'Dell? Whoever he is. I learnt his name a couple of days ago. He's big with the youth, I think. No, it's Rick Astley. Fifth time for Andy. First time for me. Uh, great match. Bit of, bit of a worry at the very beginning, to be honest. But uh, he doesn't like to do it easy. Do you know what I mean? He likes to kind of have a bit of a battle sometimes. So just incredible, yeah. How worried were you? Is it quite a tense watch? I wouldn't say I was worried because, you know... He's who he is. He's a fantastic player and he's got he's got fight, I think. He really, really does. I think he almost, what do I know, but he seems to have that thing in him that he needs a fight. If it's too easy, then do you know what I mean? So I think going down a set, I think it was just, in a way, is what he needs to kind of get that fire going and that, you know. He looked pretty amazing, I think, as the, as the match went on. You a big tennis fan? You've seen Andy Murray before? I have seen Andy play before, yes. I'm calling him Andy as if I know him. I have seen Mr Murray play before, yeah. Um, yeah, I've been to... Um, few tournaments and what have you and I used to play a bit when I was younger I actually play a bit now sometimes with different friends but I think you handy uh sorry again are you handy uh I used to be okay I've, I've got a skiing injury to be honest on my shoulder and that's kind of messed up the serve but um yeah I mean it's just an amazing game I love the game of tennis it's really incredible game I think and uh obviously to see it at this level it's just it's just fantastic it's just so great that we've got Andy Murray because it's like I think it's kind of made the game so much more enjoyable for British people you know because we can root for him and have some belief you know what I mean it's great in terms of your life things are going pretty amazingly well at the moment congratulations number one album what has life been like for you for the past few weeks uh last few weeks have been crazy but I'm not complaining believe me uh this hasn't happened for a very long time so it's really good I haven't released a record for a very long time anyway so uh uh, yeah, it's been an amazing, amazing week all round. To be honest, um, I'm off to Paris literally straight after this, and then off to Hamburg and Madrid and a couple of places. So, yeah, it feels a little bit like the old days in some ways, but not really. <laughs> Where were you when you found out you'd made the number one spot? Uh, I was actually at home in my kitchen, my flooded kitchen, because the night before it just poured down, and we redid the house recently. And we've anyway, so we had a leak in the kitchen roof. And, I'd, and I had a couple of friends, my wife was there, and we were just kind of saying, well, this is life, this is what happens. You have a number one album and your roof leaks at the exact same time. So it kept some perspective, so what are you going to do? It ain't all glamour. <laughs> it's Listen, it ain't all glamour, but um, yeah, no, it's all good, I can't complain. And to be honest, it's topped it off. This weekend's been a fantastic weekend, and seeing that match was incredible, yeah. Congratulations, we're glad you enjoyed your day at the Queen's Club. Thank you, loved it, I'll definitely come back again. It's an amazing, amazing place. If you haven't been, you have to come, it's amazing. The atmosphere, it's incredible. Rick Astley there, who seemed to have had a lovely, lovely day at the tennis. He's having a lovely time at the moment, back at the top of the album charts at the age of 50, 29 years after his last hit single. Amazing stuff. We're, uh, we're very privileged to have spoken to 80s legend Rick Astley. I hear that in your voice, Catherine. That smile, that's the, that's the biggest smile I've seen from you all day. Well, wasn't he lovely? I don't know, I wasn't there. I mean, I just love the fact that he found out about reaching number one in the album charts while he was fixing a leak in his kitchen, staring into the bottom of a bucket. I didn't even know he had an album. I'm still, I think we all only know one song by Rick Astley. I'm still digesting the fact that he has a number one album. Well, digest it, because it's real.
We should give an honourable mention, more than an honourable mention, really, to the doubles champions here at the Queen's Club. They are Pierre Huguebert and Nicolas Mahou. They've successfully defended their title and they are a force to be reckoned with on the doubles tour at the moment, aren't they? Absolutely incredible. And Nicolas Mahou, he won the title in Hatogenbosch coming into this, so he's picked up a singles title at the start of the week. He's got another doubles title at the end of the week and I do believe, as close as he was to Jamie Murray in the doubles, individual doubles ranking, that when the new ones come out, Mahou will probably go back to number one. Yeah, they're having a real tussle at the top of the doubles ranking. It's really good for that format of the game. It's really good to see good personalities up there. Of course, for us, it's good to see Jamie Murray up there. But some real interest and intrigue in the doubles game. Absolutely. It's, it's wonderful competition at the moment. The fact, going into the final of the French Open, there were four or five of them that could have been number one. The competition they have, someone like Nicolas Mahou, you could say is in the twilight of his career, is having such a renaissance with his younger partner and Jamie Murray getting the OBE and being number one in doubles. I mean, it's an incredible time. I think we all thought when the Bryan brothers decided that they wanted to hang up the records, what would we do in doubles? But there are so many new pairings and new exciting pairings that are coming up and none more so than the French very very well said Gigi and very very well said all week it's been such a pleasure having you on the tennis podcast team in a word how's it been amazing Hmm. wow well on that note I will leave you and I will leave you I hope with happy memories of the Aegon Championships tennis podcast 2016 it's been such a pleasure to bring these to you nightly we will of course have Wimbledon previews we'll have daily podcasts to bring you throughout Wimbledon so please do subscribe to the tennis podcast in association with The Telegraph and thank you very much for listening Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.